0: Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join T2 and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People.
1: So welcome to the T2 Hubcast with me, Martin Johnson.
0: And me, Tracy Roberts.
1: T-Bone. Yo. (laughs) I bet the listeners don't know that that's your nickname.
0: I'm not sure if we told him that, did we?
1: So uh, that's my nickname for tea. Um, But it's been some time since we've gotten here. um, So it's really nice to podcast. Mm I'm going to try and get back on the horse, aren't we? And get some uh, churned out for the uh, podcast channel. But it's been so busy, so it's hard to do it, isn't it?
0: It is. Yeah, we've been out with all these lovely clients.
1: But it's not an excuse. We'll get back on the horse and there'll be more content coming soon. So for this conversation T, we're going to talk about um, dealing with conflict engaging in healthy conflict. Yeah. We talk about this all the time in our team sessions, don't we? That like The best teams are those who can have the challenging conversations. They're not uh, afraid to disagree, to challenge yeah. the status quo, but they do so in a way which is productive, without the chimp, without emotion. Um, I mean, conflict in Lencioni's model, this is where it comes from in, in terms yeah. of Patrick Lencioni's five dysfunctions. It's the second tier of the pyramid, which says, Um, people who uh, they they use the word conflict. Yeah. Um, we don't like that. We're ex-military, where we come from. Mm. That means killing people. (laughs) Well, Well, it can
0: have that effect (laughs) on some people, can't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. We prefer healthy challenge and debate, but we'll go with Lencioni's model of conflict. Listen, what we're saying here is teams who are not afraid to challenge and disagree Mm. and have the contentious discussions and you know, about things they need to have are high performing. Those who avoid it, because they're not very good in conflict, because they either don't like it, so they shy away, or they don't deal with, they just let their chimp out and deal with it yeah. ineffectively, they're not high performing teams. Yep. So let's take that level of, 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 of the Lencioni model, You know that that fear of conflict, and let's talk a little bit around how groups and teams and individuals can engage in healthy challenge. That's what I want to use, healthy mm. challenge a little bit more.
0: Yeah, sounds good.
1: You've talked about radical candor before in this area. It's a similar line, isn't it?
0: It is, but I think this is an extension of that. And actually why, this is the why, isn't it? Why people don't want to go into that conflict conversation and what they're they're scared of as part of that, why they don't do it, so.
1: Yeah. Okay, so in order to do this, let's look at two aspects. When I'm dealing with um, teams who are struggling with this or when when we're working with teams, should I say, who who are struggling with this, I always come at it from two angles. If, you, if you're if you gonna have healthy challenge and you're gonna engage in conflict, but make it productive, mm-hmm. there's two sides to it. Number one, there are certain people in teams who uh, don't mind conflict, <laughs> right? They don't, they're, they're comfortable in it. Yeah. Uh, and people listening to this will, will resonate which side of the fence you sit on, but there's those people who don't mind it, but they steam in, they've got no filter, and they don't really make other people feel confident and comfortable in entering the conflict. Yeah, does that make sense? Yes. So it's those who are a bit too blunt, a bit <laughs> no filter. Um, they so don't basically
0: see... us in shadow. Is yeah, you saying? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but
1: they don't mind having it out.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So there's there's those people, and then there's the other side of the fence: the people who are very, very courteous and mindful of how they challenge, but they don't have much armor. Yeah. So they don't take conflict very well. They, they're they oversensitive yeah. in conflict. So we use this, I think the first point to think about is which side of the fence are you on when it comes to conflict? Are you a uh, someone who doesn't mind it, but you don't really deliver it effectively mm-hmm. and productively, that productive challenge? Uh, or are you on the side of the fence where, no, you can be diplomatic and compassionate and empathetic, but you don't take critique challenge very well. So you've got no armor. Yeah. You're a bit too sensitive. So the minute it gets a little bit contentious or heated, you're either taking it personally or the shield comes up or you're bailing out.
0: Yeah. For sure.
1: Which side of the fence are you on T? Or are you on both?
0: Um that's actually a really good question. I think I'm in a place where I like healthy conflict. Or healthy discussion, or you know, contentious discussion, because I think it brings growth, and I'm comfortable in that space. Um, so I don't mind going into a conversation like that. That comes from my eight. For those of you who know Prince, I've got no problem with that at all. I'll make a big decision. I'll state a difficult thing. But my two, <laughs> if it gets, I'll, like, it feels personal, very personal sometimes that's when I find my armor fails me a little bit if that makes sense so if there's if there's something to back it up and there's facts and and you know all those things around it and I can see where I can get growth from it I'm absolutely fine with it and I'll go in there and approach it and if someone delivers it badly to me then it does affect me afterwards yeah although it won't look like it at the time so so
1: this is this is what I was going to say about you I agree I think you've got I think you're quite good at productive challenge. Yeah. Even though you have got the dominance, I know you use numbers there, but if people are listening and you don't know what T means, yeah. she's we've got certain unconscious motivators which are numbered one to nine, and we've done our testing, which we means we know what motivates yeah. us. And T is very much motivated to be strong and self-reliant. So but I do think you challenge and you have an opinion in quite a diplomatic considered way. I do think you're really good at that. Um have to I,
0: work on being good at that. Uh,
1: yeah, but I do because because I did hu-
0: steamrolling for a lot of years. But you've me. got the
1: humanistic side to you, which is always there, which I think makes it more considered. Whereas I think for you, I think you have armor in the moment, i.e., I'm not going to shrink under the challenge, and I'm not going to react, and I'm yeah. not going to melt and yeah. shy away. But it's more the aftermath for you, so you'd come away from a challenging potentially challenging or direct conversation and you'd stew on it and think about it and overanalyze it later on. Yeah. Wondering if you'd done anything or if, what did that mean or whatever it might mean. Whereas I think in the moment you've got decent armor in the moment. Yeah. But it's the aftermath of thinking about it later on which stews. I I would agree. What about you? Well, I think I'm, I'm not as diplomatic naturally as you in in the productive challenge. I will challenge, as you know, um, but I've got to constantly make sure that I'm thinking about, Martin, put your chimp away. Think about how you say this. (laughs) Yeah. Curb your frustration, change your tone of voice, take a breath. You know, I'm constantly fighting that because I think my challenge could go non-productive if it was too assertive, too aggressive. Uh, So I think that's definitely my side Mm. of the fence. Armor, I think I've got it in abundance. I genuinely, genuinely um, don't mind or don't overthink about if someone's challenged me or made a comment. I think it's it's fine.
0: So do you not even question yourself later? So like, because you're quite self assured, so you you know you're confident in the moment and you know your own abilities. But do you ever reflect on it afterwards and think? maybe they did have a point there or mm, maybe, you know, maybe that is a bit more personal to me or do you not let that bother you at all?
1: Yeah. So I think I'd go through the process of that, but I don't think I would become overly emotive, deterred, stewing or anything either way. I would be quite pragmatic about it. Um, But again, I guess it's quite a reflective conversation this because whether it's the position I'm in in this, this organization or in whatever, but I don't really generally, and this is an interesting one, I don't really genuinely feel like I'm I'm in conflict.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. I
1: can't remember the last time I went away and thought, I'm in conflict with that person or that was a conflicting situation.
0: I think that's interesting because we're very similarly made up like that and I don't feel like that either. So, But we have obviously had. Discussions like that. All of us in here with people we meet in in our um sessions, you know, really healthy debate. and um, people on a daily basis, you you do, but it depends on the way you see the world, doesn't it? Mm. I see it as something you either, you know, you learn from a situation or you grow from a situation, regardless of what that is. Um, I, I can't remember the last time I feel like I was in conflict. So that's a really good thing to reflect on, actually. I think the
1: closest is, and I could give a couple of examples, <laughs> is sometimes in the office, like Like, think about Dylan, our apprentice, did you? Yeah. He's fab. He's so talented. He's great. He's doing amazing work since he's been here. And I quite like the fact that he's got his own opinions about marketing and digital and websites and content. And, you know, every now and then he'll say to me, um, I'll say, right, Dylan, I think the workbook should look like this. And he'll go yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't think i don't think i don't think it should and For i luck. go i go really why and he says but because i think the this color scheme goes better with that and i think that contradicts mm. that so me and dylan and like bearing in mind you know i'm sort of the founder and the boss and dylan is the new apprentice we have this really like yeah what other people i can sometimes sense in the office it's like oh dylan be quiet don't and i'm yeah. going no this is good, Dylan. No, I like you, it. You, I like it. You tell yeah. me what, what, what? Why do you think that, right?
0: But, but we're all similarly built, aren't we? Interestingly yeah. enough.
1: But I think that's a really yeah. productive conversation. Where sometimes I can see Lydia and Claire and some of the peace and harmony folk going, "Oh my <laughs> god!" <laughs> so I think it's 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 the first point of some people genuinely just dislike anything that's remotely disagree. Like yeah. yeah, people are disagreeing or remotely contentious, whereas. Some people, that's where they thrive, that's where they thrive, mm. and that's where you get the best outcome. Um, but either way, if we go back to the the point for this, there's two sides of the fence you will sit on, or you might straddle the two. You will either think, right, I don't mind being in conflict, but sometimes I'm a bit too assertive or aggressive, yeah. or I do it without diplomacy, and I make the other party feel quite like they're going to concede. Yeah. And then there's the you're too sensitive in conflict the minute it even goes into a challenge you start retracting or or closing up because you don't like it you need more armor or someone says something and you take it very personally and stew on it for Mm. hours later on conflict happens for me healthy challenge healthy challenge being Mm. the word happens when you reach that chasm of we are absolutely being honest authentic and challenging yeah but we've got our armor on it's for the greater good and we're not going to be overly sensitive, yeah. Either during or in the aftermath of this conversation,
0: mm. and it's how well prepared you are for that, isn't it? Knowing how how you're made up for sure, yeah. and
1: it's hard because if you've got two people who are very straight talking, they could easily <laughs> enter into challenge, but it might not jewel. be. It might <laughs> it might not be healthy. Yeah. If you get two people who are low on armor, they'll just avoid the issue. Yeah. Skate around it and not actually address it, which then yeah. it festers. And if you get one person who's comfortable in conflict and one's not, that could be the the biggest discrepancy because you might have one dominant person who's been overly blunt and not yeah. considerate. And you might have one person who that might affect their next two weeks.
0: Yeah, and they might not even say anything. So you won't even sort of see the depths of how it's affecting someone maybe. Yeah. So,
1: so let's break them down. If we was to look at each, like what are the potential opportunities bit. Be- based on which side of the fence you sit on. So let's start with productive challenge. First yeah. of all, if you are going to deliver productive challenge, then there's a couple of principles you probably got to think about. Um, the first one, I always want to start with this, is if you're going to engage with productive challenge, you have to eliminate or avoid microaggressions. Not the prejudicial yeah. ones, just the general Microaggressions. So, give you an example. T. It's like usually when we're about to challenge somebody, we'll start <laughs> off with something like, "Yeah, but T. I disagree." Not being funny. <laughs> I'm not being funny, but yeah. Or with the best will in the world. Yeah.
0: Do
1: you know what I mean? Um, when you start off with these, what we call microaggressions. They're not exactly signaling, listen, we're here to collaborate and get the best outcome. It's no. signaling, I disagree with you, or you're an idiot. Yeah. Or I'm about to accept why I think yeah. I'm right, you're wrong. And I think there's better ways to enter into challenge than a microaggression. Okay. And I've had many chats with leaders on this too go, well, there's nothing wrong in saying in a meeting, can I just challenge that? And I'm like, yeah, there's nothing wrong. If the other party is also comfortable with that, they would use that language and they're if that's the case, you can use that.
0: Yeah, of course. But, but most of the time it isn't like that, is most it? Most of the time it's it not like It feels more one-sided generally. And particularly if you've got someone with a dominant personality, it comes across really, really direct. And instantaneously someone's backs up as a consequence of that.
1: So. There's loads of examples of microaggressions. With the best will in the world, can yeah. I just challenge that? You're not going to like what I'm about to say, mm-hmm. but yeah, even little things like, can I play devil's advocate? That's a softer one. Yeah. But I'm almost saying to you, I disagree with you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then there's more extreme um, forms of microaggressions, you know, where you you can just clearly show your 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 disapproval for what somebody's just said. Either way, we've got to eliminate microaggressions if we're about to challenge, yeah. which links into point two for me. How do you do that? Well, yeah, for, uh, get. Was you going to say something then? Or? No. I always say, in order to eliminate microaggressions, you've got to show an appreciation for the situation or for what that person has just said before you come with your alternative
0: yeah, yeah
1: do you know what I mean yeah it's like Tracy, you make some really good points. I completely understand where you're coming from because of x, y, and Z because then I rather than just shoot you down and disagree with you, I'm just showing that I've understood <laughs> Tracy. <do> you- <laughs> Had, a, had a drink and now she's dying. Um, <laughs> rather than just shoot you down or counteract you, I need to let you know that I have listened to what you've just said and I understand the position from which you're coming from.
0: Yeah. You've got a single a signal friend, not foe, haven't you, straight yeah. away?
1: So replace any microaggression or need to instantly challenge with showing an appreciation for the situation that we're in or for the point you have just made. Yeah. I think that's a really Quick good. Point, yeah. And some people say, Yeah, but Martin, isn't that just going, Tracy, I completely understand where you're coming from. But (laughs) but you're wrong. You're wrong. You know. I just think it's a really important part to signal, listen, this is a good conversation. Mm -hmm. And I'm and I just want to let you know that I understand what you've just said and where you are at.
0: That's that's a good way into to you know be open in any conversation. Everybody just wants to be heard, don't they, at the end of the day. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Productive challenge. You need to eliminate microaggressions, number one. The way you can do that is to show an appreciation for the situation we're in or for the standpoint or the point of view you have just made. I yeah. think that's really yeah. important. Um, avoid talking over others <coughs> in conflict. Yeah. Um, When sort of me and you, me and Scott, Scott and you, I'm just using examples of here at T2,
0: everyone with gobs, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It,
1: it, it takes real understanding to not talk over each other. Because you're excitable in sometimes in challenge yeah. and your yeah. brain's working really fast.
0: Your brain goes to, you know, what your what your opinion is straight away, doesn't it? And focuses on the past experiences and things that you want to draw from. And therefore you want to get them out. You feel passionate about it. And as a consequence, sometimes you'll just be talking and not realise that you are over speaking people sometimes. Um It's a big one
1: for me that. I, I'm still I if anything, I'm guilty today of wanting to jump in yeah. too early when somebody's you're in you're having a debate about something and it could be challenging. It might be trying to find the right outcome and I'm just because I'm my brain works fast and I'm a bit of a speaker thinker, not a thinker mm. speaker. I'm wanting I'm wanting to jump in. Yes. But I think the reason that's a bit of a no no with productive challenges because I could piss you off at any second. <laughs> you know you're probably doing this if someone says, Can you just let me finish? Just one yeah. second, let me finish.
0: But then people who are more unlikely to speak up might not say that. They might just sit there and let you speak. And the whole time you're thinking, I just want to get a word in. Can you can you stop talking now? And then yeah. actually the, the anger and frustration just builds in the background, doesn't it? But yeah. yeah.
1: Productive challenge needs um, you to be able to not over talk with the person or talk over the person, let people finish and have a two-way conversation. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I'm interested in, T, is I think so surely productive challenge and a challenging conversation is only productive if, at the end of that, you reach a desired outcome and an agreed next action.
0: Yeah. Otherwise, it's just left wide open, isn't it? And people make of it what they wish.
1: Don't you think so. that's what happens quite a lot, though? It's like meetings, isn't it, when you talk about stuff and it, and, and you all talk about a lot of stuff and put your opinions in, then you leave and you think, well, what we're doing then?
0: Yeah, It's that whole let's agree to disagree sometimes, isn't it?
1: But now there's progress. nothing else,
0: yeah. There's got to be a so what at the end, does not there?
1: In the absence of next actions, I don't think any chat, dis- like conflicting or challenging discussion, is productive no. because you all go away and go, Right, I've said my piece and I've put my opinion forward, but so what?
0: It's just like chucking a grenade in the room, isn't it? That's it, there's nothing, no good's going to come of it. You need to be able to come up with a solution, or at least find a pathway to to a successful outcome. You might not have the answer there, but there's definitely got to be a next step, hasn't there?
1: So, I think arguably one of the most important points on this side of the fence is nothing will ever, no challenge will be productive and healthy in the absence of agreement and next actions. Mm. Otherwise, you've just had a good old brains Barney, yeah, a good old chat for nothing, and we're still in, we're still in completely separate places. Mm. Before we move on to armor, any more from you on this in terms of thinking about how we can have more productive challenges? Certainly if you just shoot from the hip and you're a straight talker.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's it's maybe easier and harder if you're a straight talker. It's harder to hold back and harder to say the right things because you just spit it out. Sometimes it does come out wrong. Um, but you're more likely to speak up. So I suppose that's the plus point. If you're someone who's less likely to say something, you almost need to prepare yourself before you go and have the conversation. Um, So when we're working with people who openly say I find it difficult or more of an introvert, I do want to say my piece, but when I'm in a meeting with lots of strong personalities, I definitely would start to say something but we would be pushed back in my box or um, I won't even approach the subject. The advice I normally give them is maybe think about some sort of script so to speak maybe not to follow it exactly but to write down what they want to get out before they get to the situation because Mm. quite often they'll be overpowered or they'll have a bit of a lack of confidence and actually won't say the right things at the right time so I think from both perspectives it's actually probably wise to think about what you're trying to land so what's the problem what's the possible solution that you can see and what do you think the outcome should be and I think then if both parties kind of look at it from that perspective they're going to almost even each other out a little bit.
1: Yeah. And we'll come on to it in with armor in a second. There's two really types of conflict or challenge you're going to enter into. One, which you know is coming. Yeah. So you've got a meeting. You know you're so going to you discuss prep. this. You know potentially it's going to be contentious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the spontaneous challenge. One where you're in a meeting, something crops up, yeah. and, and then there's a disagreement. So the one where you that's can plan, zone. yeah, it is yeah. <laughs> the one where you can plan for it, scripting, understanding the situation, pre-preparing how you want to yeah. feel that challenge and how you want to be able to articulate yourself is really good. If you're not comfortable in it, yeah. If it's spontaneous challenge, it's harder. Yeah, sure.
0: and that's probably where we get more questions. I think.
1: Yeah. Well let's go into that because this is where it comes into armor. Yeah. So on the other side of the fence then you also need to have what we call a good level of armor mm. which means you cannot be overly sensitive. You cannot take everything to heart. You know, everything somebody says we t- generally people with low levels of armor take things personally, stew yep. upon it, you know, make mountains out of molehills, put two and two together and come up with 56. You know, we know the profiles of these type of people yeah. but you're never going to be good in healthy challenge if you haven't got a decent level, level of armour.
0: No, not at all. So you
1: can develop it. You just need to know if you've got low armour and how you can develop it. Yeah. So I think the first thing I'd say to anybody with with low levels of armour is um, you've got to manage your chimp more than anybody. Um, For people who don't know what the chimp is, it's our chimp brain, our survival fight or flight brain, which is constantly scanning for danger and mm. threats. And I think people with low levels of armour... Have a overactive chimp. Everything's <laughs> yeah. a threat. Everything's yeah. going to expose me. So you need to be prepared by saying, "Look, I'm going to feel this way, but you got to sit in it. That's fine. It's yeah. not personal. It's ha- well, very rarely is it personal. Engage in the process. Yeah, you got to do that to start with. I put assume best intent. It's easier said than done. But it surely, I think most people without armour are the opposite. Yeah. They assume ill intent.
0: I think a the, lot of us do when it comes to conflict or, or fruity conversations, don't we? But yeah. that's the right place to come from is that usually it isn't personal, but we assume it might be.
1: Yeah. And I think what you then do and the psychology <laughs> of that is if you assume ill intent or you're predisposed to assume ill intent and mm. be very guarded and protective, then, you know... You've, you're not leaving yourself very open to be proven wrong. It's where a closed loop kicks in, et cetera. Yeah. If you assume best intent, it, unless it transpires that the intent is ill and we'll go yeah. down that road, but you've got to assume best intent. This conversation is for the greater good. Yeah. Nothing about me being wrong, you being right, yeah. it being at my expense. Let's assume best intent. It's easier said than done, but if you can try and start from that position, yeah, I think it's it's a good thing. I put here as well. Try to respond, not react. Yeah. We react because of that response. We'll react in the mo- in the moment based on how we feel and with the first thing that comes to our mind. Sitting on your hands a little bit in conflict, if you've not got great armor, to try and just think rationally and pragmatically will maybe enable you to react and not just respond when you have the feeling. Yeah. So. Bit of freezing, bit of pausing. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? How do you buy yourself a bit more time in conflict? Ask questions. Yeah. So if if you if you're triggering me, t because I feel like you're personally attacking me and that you're telling me that I'm wrong and all my ideas are rubbish and you could do it better, mm-hmm. I need to ask if I can ask you a few questions. Just right, t explain Senti-check. to me. Yeah. Explain to me what what draws you to that conclusion? Put it in context. What's the yeah. alternative in your head right now, then t? If yeah. I can ask you a few questions, I'm not just coming back feeling completely attacked and, like, you're calling my mm. baby ugly and I'm having to, like, de- <laughs> defend. Well, let's say here, you're yeah. very influential at T2 and, and you've got lots of ideas. You know, sometimes you've got ideas on things which is about the business. And if I was very, very defensive with low armour, I could get very... But yeah. for me, i just like, tell me about that T. What yeah, do you think yeah, that yeah. could do for us? How could that work? Ask questions.
0: Yeah, for definite. It does buy you a little bit of time. I think with anything in leadership, practice the pause. Mm. I always remember that because no matter what, you're not going to get a bad outcome from that, are you?
1: No. I also put here, don't leave the conversation and bail out.
0: <laughs> right. A lot of people do check out early. I
1: know. And then it's so hard to get it back because it's awkward. It's gone badly wrong. Someone's left. Someone's stormed out. It's all a bit, you know, don't leave the conversation, but you can try to cool it down. So if you have got low levels of armor and you feel it's getting a bit hot and a bit intimidating and a little bit too much, you can politely request and say, look, you know, I'm not very good in these situations. I am trying to get better. Yeah. Can, we just, can we just come down a second yeah. and just come back to where we were? Do you know what I mean? You can try and cool it down a little bit, which yeah. I think, you know, be bold if you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed in it. Speak up and say so. Don't just yeah. leave.
0: Sometimes that's the point, though, for people who feel less confident to be loud or to be more assertive in a conversation the first step to getting better can be just saying something like that because that takes a little bit of you know balls for want of a better term anyway to say look can we just calm this down but as well as people leaving I think they leave even when they're sat in front of you. I think you can check out as a mm. human very quickly. And actually, your, you know, your active listening, your conscious listening is terrible. And your brain just goes to fixing mode or you know, a different opinion, or you're trying to sort of hypothesize in your own head what the outcome's gonna be. And you could be sat talking to someone. It's like that thing if you want something from your husband, ask him something when he's watching football because he's not <laughs> listening and he'll just say yes. It's exactly the same thing. Someone has put you in that box, and instead of actually physically going, you go and you're not listening anyway. So I think really the two are kind of linked, but it doesn't always mean you physically leave a situation. You just I think you spot out. on there. I
1: think that's really interesting because you can you can storm out of a room because it's yeah. too conflicting. But you can easily just check out mentally, stop contributing, yeah. go along body with body language. It, whatever.
0: Whatever it might be. Yeah. yeah. And yeah.
1: that's still not fixing that's not a healthy challenge.
0: But actually it doesn't help the situation because if you think about like your body language changing. People who have got high EQ can see that you've checked out. That just irritates them even more. Um, And they can almost see the subliminal messages going across your head as you're sat there. Um, And even like your language, things that you use, you know, that you're not really fully listening. I think that just makes the situation worse sometimes. Yeah. So we've got to be really conscious of that. And I think your body language and, and the way you use your words is a big part of that, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And and someone once, when we were talking about this, somebody once said to me, yeah, but Martin, if you've got your armor on all the time, is that not a bad thing as well? Because sometimes you need to be a bit vulnerable and you need yeah. to show a little True. bit of yeah. vulnerability and, and all of that. I said, yeah, absolutely. But that's a, For me, that's a different thing. You know, you need to have armor on in in challenge. And armor doesn't mean that you're absolutely batting everything away and blocking everything. Armor just means that I am not going to receive a dagger through the heart mm. on anything that is said today. Yeah. I've got my armor on, we can engage. But I'm also not putting my shield up and having my sword ready either. No. I've just got my armor on, right? Mm. I think vulnerability comes into it when trust and rapport is established. Yeah. If two people have high degrees of trust and rapport, then arguably I don't need my armor.
0: No, because my level
1: all. of rapport with you is so high, and my trust in us in this conversation is so high, that I can take my armour off and be vulnerable, and we'll get to an outcome.
0: Yeah, I think when you, yeah, absolutely, you got trust, rapport, essentially, to keep, keep the analogy going, you go into war with that person, because you know they'd have your back, so you wouldn't need... But yeah, in a
1: typical organisation, the amount of people we've just described in relationships is minimal. Oh, yeah. So so in yeah. the vast majority of healthy, challenging conversations, you're going to need your armor on. Yeah. Because in the absence of trust and rapport, high degrees of it,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, you're, you're not, that, that's not going to, yeah, yeah, there's more risk there. So you've got to develop your armor to be able to engage effectively with it.
0: You do, yeah.
1: Right, a minute to go to, and I could talk to you all day about this. <laughs> However, and we'll probably come back and do a bit more on it. But yeah. anything else that we've discussed, you've got to be able to have productive challenge to do that, you need to have a level of compassion, diplomacy, and do some of the things we've talked about. And you've got to have your armor on if you're sensitive. Mm. In the chasm, in the middle ground is where healthy conflict takes place. Yeah, would you agree?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And you've got to you've got to encourage the conversations. You know, so if you know that people are going to struggle with that, then try and find a middle ground. Encourage those who are not normally confident and actually bring them into the conversation, help them along. And likewise, if you're someone who's not good with that, guide those that are too loud and too in your face about it to kind of come down to your level a little bit
1: set some ground rules for yeah. conflict in meetings what are our ground rules well i've not got much armor you've got this let's meet in yeah. the middle
0: absolutely
1: T enjoyed that uh something to think about uh we'll leave it there and we'll probably come back and discuss this further thank you very much thank you and, w- and we'll be back shortly with another t2 hubcast <music>